In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present among us in the most blessed sacrament, as we reflect, Lord, in your presence today, we pray with the gospel for this Sunday, uh, the fourth Sunday of our Lenten season, also known as Laetare Sunday, um, from the entrance antiphon, uh, calling us to, to rejoice. Um, to rejoice that, that you yourself, Lord, redeem us, that you love us, and call us um, again to renewed conversion, that you, you never give up on us, Jesus, no matter how many times we may even give up on ourselves. Um, we, we rejoice, and, and we rejoice, um, the, the antiphon reads, to rejoice uh, Jerusalem, like Jerusalem, rejoice because we, we are saved. Rejoice, Jerusalem, and all who love her. Be joyful, all you who are mourning. Exalt and be satisfied at her consoling breast. Rejoice, Jerusalem, and all who love her. Be joyful. And particularly those who are mourning, right? Those who are, who are sad. God saves us. He never gives up on us, right? That is, as well, the solemnity of the Annunciation, um, that, that God doesn't give up on us. He didn't give up on us. He loves us. Jesus, you love us. You love us enough to come and share life with us. You love us enough to, to save us. Even, I mean, what we're going to celebrate in just a few weeks. You love us enough to die for us. Jesus, you, you die out of love for us. And this is the tremendous love that you have for us. And this weekend is a, a tremendous opportunity to pray with, well, maybe one of the most powerful parables of our Lord, uh, probably the best known, if not one of the best known, which is the parable of the prodigal son. Um, that, that's how it's sometimes known. That's how most people would know it. Um, but it actually shouldn't be called the parable of just the prodigal son um, because as it begins, there was a man who had two sons, right? It's the, it's the parable, the story of the two sons. Uh, now we start with the, the first, and that's where we spend probably the majority of our time. And it really, it's, it's a sad story, right? Um, so the younger of them goes to his father and says, Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. Uh, what is that? What does that even imply? Well, when do you get your inheritance, right? When, when do you get what's supposed to be coming to you for your inheritance? You get it when the person that you're inheriting it from dies. That, that's when you get your inheritance. So the younger son going to his father and saying, Father, give me my inheritance now. Like, I want what I should get when you die. I want it right now. Um, and not with any kind of gratitude, not any kind of, just, no, you know what, I'm done with you. I, I, give me my inheritance, give it to me now, and, and I'm out of here, right? And the father does it. The father, the father divided his property between the two sons, and not many late days later, the younger son gathered all he had, right? All this property that he took from his father, 
all whatever riches. And he went to a far country, went as far as he could get from his dad. Right? We're gonna go, we're gonna go somewhere completely different. And we hear he squandered it, right? He just wasted it. He he took his father's property, but then he just wasted it, squandered it, didn't didn't use it um, well. Now we as human beings, are created in the image of God, right? It could be called, in a way, our, our inheritance. And, and part of the original sin, maybe, is, you know, there's people that reflect unconditionally what would have happened. Maybe would Adam and Eve have eventually been able to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Um, but they took it, right? They, they took it out of turn. They took it when it wasn't the right time. They just stretched out their hands and they, they took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, and boom, now we have this situation of, of original sin. Um, we, we're created in the image of God. We have intellect. We have a will, right? We have free will. We, we're children of God. We're sons of the Heavenly Father. And how often do we squander those gifts that God freely gives us? Jesus, you give me freedom, you give me an intellect. You give me the ability to, to love you and to make free choices. I'm not a slave, right? God, God doesn't want slaves. Um, he doesn't force us to anything. God wants free children, right? Free sons and daughters. And so we hear this young son squanders. He wastes, totally wastes his father's property and what's become his property and reckless living. And when he spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need, right? So now, here's the son of the father. He was totally taken care of at his home. Dad was taking care of him. He was totally fine. But now, he's out on his own. He wastes all of his father's property that was freely given to him. And then a famine strikes, and he, he begins to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Now, there, Jesus, in your presence, we can just reflect on the, the tragedy of sin. This, this kid's a son of the father, right? He, he has a dad who loves him, and is generous and takes care of him. And because of his reckless actions, he finds himself working for a stranger who doesn't love him, who doesn't treat him well, right? Doesn't take care of him and just sends him out to take care of the pigs. Go take care of my pigs. And we hear this, this kid, tragically, is so hungry that he wants to eat the pig food, right? That, that's what he wants. He wants pig food um, because he's just so empty. He, he's so, uh, we say hungry, maybe in a physical sense, but also in a moral sense, he's so empty. He just wants to eat the pig food. And, and that's tragic, right? When you, when you see someone that you love who wants it is in such bad shape. Right? Any, any one of us, you see, you see someone from your family, you see someone you love. I, mem- I remember watching a, um, a, 
I, I wasn't really watching it. I, I happened as a child or at some point to be flipping through the channels and there was a movie on about a, a woman who through whatever, whatever circumstance in life uh, ends up experiencing uh, a dire poverty. Like her, her car broke down in a different town and, or her identity got stolen, right? Her wallet got stolen, so she had no money. She had no car. She had no, you know, before cell phones, no ability to call anyone. And so then she's sleeping on the street and then she's eating out of a garbage can. And you just see like, just that thought, like here's somebody that, that is loved, right? Unfortunately, we, we, when, we, when we consider the, the poor, right? The people that normally eat out of garbage cans, we, we dehumanize them. And maybe it's just a coping mechanism in our mind that we don't consider like, this is somebody's child, right? That person that, that's been, been driven to the point that they're gonna eat out of a garbage can, right? They're gonna eat not, not just even like leftovers, they're gonna eat trash. They're gonna eat someone else's trash. That's someone's son or daughter, right? Somebody, somebody, hope maybe at some point loved that person, right? And, and how, how much more tragic if there was nobody that ever really cared for them, if they were totally neglected, but maybe not. You know, no, no kid growing up at the age of like two or three, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be an astronaut, right? I want to go, I want to walk on the moon, right? I want to be a doctor, I want to eat out of a garbage can. That's where I want to end up to the point where I'm eating out of garbage cans. No, no, no one wants that. No one dreams of that for their life. And so, look, sin is worse, right? Sin is, is even worse. And when we, as children of God, like sin is, is worse than the pig food. And when we, as children of God, want sin, right? We want the stuff of sin. It's, it's more tragic than this kid wanting to eat the pig food. And that's exactly what it is, right? We, we are children of God. We've been created in the image and likeness of God. God, if we've been baptized, we've been adopted into the life of the Trinity. Like God's my dad. And what am I doing when I want pig food? What, what, what place do we get to in life that this happens? This happens to us. And so then it's, it's one of the most beautiful lines, right? It's, it's, well, we're getting to the most beautiful line, but it's just like there's a moment. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? And I perish here with hunger, right? Come into his senses. And he says, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to arise. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I no longer am worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants, right? Coming to his senses, he realized, what the heck am I doing? I want to eat the pig food. Like, I, this, is, this is crazy. This isn't who I am. This isn't who I was created to be. So I, here's a plan. I'm going to go back, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that step. Father, he has the plan, right? He has this thing, this whole thing planned. I, mean, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Uh, most of us at some point in our life have probably been in a situation where we have to have a tough conversation, right? Crucon, crucial conversation, or um, 
have to apologize, like we did something really wrong. And it's um, any kind of really difficult conversation. And maybe, I don't know, what, what happens to me in those cases is I start planning everything, right? Here's exactly what I'm going to say, but it's so tough. I can't just read it from a piece of paper, but I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this and this, and then they're going to say this. And when they say that, I'm going to respond. And then like, they're going to say that. And you just plan out the whole, and all that planning, all that anxiety, maybe for days in advance, it ends up like what everything you thought just didn't happen. Uh, you, you made your whole plan. And then they never respond what you thought they would say. Sometimes better off, because usually you could plan for the absolute worst, right? Um, but that's, that's what this kid is doing. He's anxious. He has to go talk to his father. So he's anxious. And so I've got the plan. I know what I'm going to say. I've, I'm rehearsing it, right? And you just picture him rehearsing it. Okay, here's, here's the plan, what I'm going to say. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And then what I think is easily the most beautiful line in the passage. And he arose and came to his father, right? He got up. He, he, he made the move. He's a son of the father who was in such a bad state that he wanted the pig food. And he didn't just think about, okay, maybe I'll go home one day. Right, maybe. But he actually did it. Got up. He got up and went back to his dad. Right? He rose and came to his father. He's got his whole plan, right? And so he's on his way. And while he's still, we hear, well, he's still a long way off. And you just wonder, like, how long of a way is that, right? He's still far away. When he's still far away, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him, right? This son thinks that he's got he's to do everything, but his dad's there and he's still, he's so far away. And his dad saw him and he had compassion on him and he ran and he kissed him. And he starts going through his speech, right? Hold on, this is going to be tough. Father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm not worried. And the dad has none of it, right? No, forget that. That's not the conversation we're having. Where it cuts him off. He doesn't get through his whole speech. But the father said to the servants, who, I mean, imagine dad sees his son and takes off. And then the servants got to like keep up. Where are we going? And so, but they're there and they see the he says to his servants right away, go. We've got work to do now. Go. Get the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And then they began to celebrate. All right, this is the compassion that the father has. Now we, we are created in the image and likeness of God, adopted sons and daughters through baptism. And by our sins, we all the time forget the dignity that we were created to live. And instead, we go searching after the pig food. And then when we come back, it's like, okay, this is a bad thing, right? What am I doing? Why am, I, why am I looking at that pig food? 
Like, why, why do I even want that? That garbage. And when we decide, no, I'm going back to my father. Like, enough of this nonsense. I'm, go, I'm going back. And we think it's all about us. I'm going back. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Here's my plan. But our dad just loves us. Right? And this is, this is the son, Jesus. This is you teaching us about the love of the father. Anytime the son tells us about the father, you take it to the bank. Right? Anything the son tells us, you take to the bank. But particularly when it comes to the compassion and the love of the father, right? the son here is teaching us about his dad. And so the father has compassion. And no matter how far we've wandered, right? no matter how bad it got, if we think like, no, this is it, I broke it. Like I broke the infinite mercy of God. No, that's nonsense. Stop being so foolish. Come to your senses. What am I doing here? I'm going to go back to my father. And the son sets himself short, right? No, just, I just want to be a servant. Right? I just want to work. The guy I'm working for is a jerk. I just want to work with you. Dad, I just want to work. Treat me like a normal, normal farmhand. But the father has none of it. Right? We weren't made to be slaves of God, right? We weren't made to be the farmhands of God, right? We, we're adopted into sonship. And if we think like, all right, God, I just want to be your slave. Like, I really messed up here, so I'm just going to do some time of slavery. Um, no, God didn't create us to be his slaves. He created us to be his, his sons and his daughters. And so he, too, runs out to embrace us, right? No matter how much we may think, all right, I'm going back to God, like God's running to us out of his total love for us. Father saw him. And he felt compassion and ran, embraced, and kissed his son, right? This son of mine was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. St. Jose Maria Scrivo would say, now, here, here's a saint, right? He, a canonized saint. And he would say, I live the parable of the prodigal son a hundred times every day. Right, a hundred times every day, I live the parable of the prodigal son. If we're going to call it the parable of the prodigal son. He's the saint, he did. So this is what he's talking about, right? Because a hundred times a day, I, instead of living in love with my father and just being there in his presence, I decide I'm going to chase after the pig food, right? I decide I'm going to take my freedom and I'm going to use it to go away from God. Hundred times a day. If he's a saint, he did a hundred times a day. I probably do it a thousand times a day. Then who knows, right? Um, who knows what each one of us does? Um, but no, you know, many, many times a day. And then the important thing is, no matter how many times a day we recognize, we just wake up and you just say, "What am I doing? Like this is pig food. What am I doing?" I, I mean, sometimes that could happen when. Um, if you had a bad experience with fast food, right? If there's any particular fast food chain you've had a bad experience with, I won't say which one I've had bad experiences with because maybe you like them. But it's like, you know, ugh, every time I eat this, I feel gross, right? Every single time I have this, I just feel so gross. But it's so delicious, right? It's so delicious in the moment, but I feel so gross after. And then what am I doing, right? And then you're like midway through eating it. It's like, this is so delicious, but I'm going to feel so gross. What am I doing? Why am I doing this, right? 
No matter how many times it's like, what am I doing? I'm eating pig food here. Okay. All right. hundred times a day. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my dad, right? That's my plan. hundred times a day, I'm going back to dad. And we can do it. Do it again. My retreat just ended this morning. I was on retreat. And it ended with, uh, again, another line, I think, from St. Jose Maria Escriva. The spiritual life is just a series of beginning and beginning again, right? Just again and again and again. And so no matter how many times, and you know what the beautiful thing of the story is? No matter how many times we've run away, the Father still has compassion on us. And every time we come back home, he still runs out to meet us, right? Just picture, it's like a hundred times a day. I, I run away from home, I look at the pig food, I realize how empty this is, I come to my senses, I go back to my father, he runs out to meet me again with compassion. And then like 20 minutes later, it's like, hey, I'm out of here. Like, I, you know what, that looks delicious over there, I'm going for that. And he realizes, like, no, that's pig food. Okay, I'm going back, right? But I already went back too many times today. Like, I already, uh, I'm probably stuck here until tomorrow, aren't I? No, right now. Come to your senses. Jesus, you love me, right? You, you want us to come back. You're teaching us about the compassion of the Father. And so we begin to celebrate. But it's not just the parable of the prodigal son. Now, his older son, the father's older son, was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants, and asked what these meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. He was angry. He didn't want to go into the party. Now, there's all kinds of things that we could say. Well, why didn't he know, right? I, I got older child syndrome as an older child. And so it's like, well, clearly, like, this, this poor guy, he's totally in the right. Like, they didn't even tell him about the party. They're already having the party, and he's still out there. No. Well, maybe maybe they did try. And maybe he, when he's in the zone and he's working, it's like, I don't want to know. No one talked to me. Why? Well, because look at his attitude. The father came out and treated him. Come back to that. And he answered his father, look, all these years I've served you. The same word that would be, I've slaved for you. And I never disobeyed your command. But you never even gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. I've been your servant. But what do we just say? God doesn't want servants. He doesn't want slaves. He wants sons and daughters. And so this son is thinking, I've got to earn my father's love. And the father's, no, you don't have to earn my love. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to earn your love. I've never disobeyed you even a single time. But no, the dad doesn't want that. Now notice what happens. I mean, again, it's subtle. But the dad is out there and he runs out to meet the younger son. But then the older son's throwing a temper tantrum here. I'm not going in. I'm not going to the party. My brother was dead and I, he's back to life. And I am not going to celebrate that, right? Because he deserved what he got. He deserved to eat that pig food. But the father came out to him 
right? Again, you could get into a bit of a clash of wills, right? You're going to be stubborn, I'll be stubborn back. You're not going to come into the party, well, I'm going to stay inside, and you, whenever you want to come, you can come talk to me. But look at, even God, for someone not asking forgiveness, goes out to meet his son. In the pride of the older son, goes out to meet him. The father goes out. He says, he, he entreats with him. He wants him to come back in. But when this son of yours, when that son of, not my brother, but when that son of yours devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And the father said to him, son. Again, son. Not servant, not slave. My son, my son, you're always with me. Like, you're always, I don't want a servant, I, wanna, I don't want a slave. You're my son. You're always with me. All that is mine is yours. Everything, everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad. Your brother Again, not just my son, my son. It's your brother. This is your relationship. Your brother was dead. And he is alive. Right? The father knows the gravity of sin. Your brother was dead. And now he's alive. He was totally lost. And now he's been found. Right? We have to celebrate The dad doesn't want a slave. He wants a son. And this again, the parable of the two sons, maybe a hundred times a day, that when we see all those other sinners, right? And good riddance to you sinners, right? Look at how holy I am. I pray and I slave for almighty God. And you are a reprobate sinner. So good riddance to you. Have a good time in hell, Right? No, that's not the attitude. You're, you're my brother. And if you're sinning, like if you're deep and dead in sin, you're my brother, right? I, I want you to come back to our dad. And when you do, oh, well, you got to have a good time sinning and I've just been here in church praying, right? Like, come on. No, I, everything, Jesus, we get to be with you in this time of prayer. We know ourselves to be beloved sons and daughters of the Father. We have everything, everything we could possibly want. And so what, what are, are we jealous of the people that sin? No, this is my brother or my sister, and they're dead. And I want them to come back to life. I want them to come back to our Father, right? Our evangelizing mission as Christians is not just a let me prove you wrong. I'm right, you're wrong, I'm going to prove it to you, I'm going to argue with you, I'm going to force you. No, you're my brother, you're my sister, and you're dead, and I want you to come to life. We have a dad who loves us. Right? Imagine if the older brother, instead of slaving in the field, went to go find his brother. There's an episode in, in Boy Meets World, um, which I grew up with, where Corey, the younger brother, the boy who's meeting the world, goes missing. And his older brother, Eric, goes to find him. 
right? I'm going to go to France. I'm going to find him, right? In Europe, I have no idea how, right? And even at one point, I think it's, it's the, younger, the younger sister, Morgan. And they're like, oh, it'll be okay. Eric went. Eric will find him. And it's like, mom, think about what you just said, right? You sent Eric to find our brother in, Fra- in England, in, not, in Europe. You don't even know where, right? Oh, but it'll be okay. No, but imagine if the brother, like, went out looking for his brother instead of staying and just slaving away. That's what the dad wants. And that's our role in evangelization, to go out, right? To go and try to find my brother or sister is dead. They want to be eating pig food. They're in a terrible state. And I want to go find them because we have a dad that loves us. We can live the parable of the prodigal son a hundred times, not just the two sons, hundreds of times a day, right? Where on the one hand, we ourselves are running. We ourselves are abandoning our father. We're getting so caught up. I've got my plans. Or then we think, okay, well then I've got to say and do the right things to earn my father's love back, right? If we ever think we have to earn the love of our father, no, he has compassion on us. He loves us. He doesn't want, or, you know, being the older son, I'm a slave. I have to be a slave. I'm slaving away here. No, God doesn't want slaves. He wants sons and daughters. He has sons and daughters. But neither of us on either side of the spectrum see that. We just all get so caught up in our webs. And so we have to ask our Lord for this grace to see and to live this, right? Every day, this means me, right? To read the gospel is to say, this, this, one, this one means me. To pray with these two sons. To see how I'm both of them. Many times. Every day. And to not get discouraged because ultimately it's a parable of the merciful father. The dad who loves and who never gives up. We should ask our mother, our mother of mercy, to pray for us. Uh, and to help us, you know, she knew the mercy of the father. Um, the father's done great things for her. Uh, and so we ask our mother to continue to teach us, no matter how lost we may be, our mom never gives up on us either. Uh, and she could teach us the mercy of the heavenly father. Mary, pray for us and help us know the mercy of the father and always act as sons and daughters of our heavenly father. I thank you, my God for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.